Jack guy, Jack guy, two wacky goofballs talking about stuff. Fat guy, Jack guy, two wacky goofballs talking about stuff. Two biological brothers talking. Welcome to Fat Guy Jack Guy. We're out here jumping off of buildings and landing right in your ears. That was really good, actually. Thanks, brother. <laughs> that was really good. I like Improv that. comedy. That was great. I yep. love it. I love it. I'm Thank you. I'm Steph Rubino. I'm Brendan Walsh. And today we're talking about stunt acting. Stunt acting. Stunt acting. I'll teach you how to stunt. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. I remember Gee, that song. It. Not that. Not that kind, not of, that stunt kind of stunting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that kind of stunting. Actual stunt acting sure. where you're doing dangerous things. Yes, yes, yes. Just in yes. case anybody else was confused out there. Yeah, I'm, I really threw a curveball in yeah, there. Yeah, you did. Yeah, derailed I, just, I, didn't want, I didn't want them to think we were talking about G unit stunting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's important too. Maybe we'll have an episode on that that's one day. That's a great idea. You know, yeah. oh, that time period of like hip hop music. Although it's, then it's like two white people talking about hip hop music. Yeah. It's like, ah. Well, this will be after the Patreon is kicked <laughs> off. We'll get like Lloyd Banks on here. Uh, oh, okay, there we go. And then we'll have yes, a talk. Yes, that he he can talk about. It. He can talk, tell us about it. I know people are probably thinking, "Here we go, Steph with their people doing weird stuff with their bodies for money shit again." <laughs> here we go, Steph with their Hollywood bullshit again. But I think y'all will probably recognize that it's been a while since stunt acting or stunt performing has been part of our like everyday conversation, which is what led me to bring it up now. So before we really dive in, see, dive. Very nice. Get it, dive? Yeah. Yep. I just want to remind everyone, we have a Patreon that you can get to easily by visiting the show notes, the links in the bios on our social media accounts, or by going to the Patreon website and typing in the name of the show. We have a few patrons already, so I just want to... I'm not going to shout them out by name, because that wasn't one of our promises on Patreon. <laughs> That's too much labor. But, <laughs> but we are really grateful for them, and we need more to, do more to do more of the things that we want. We need more people to help us out. Just so we're clear and transparent here, we want to be able to buy new equipment, pay our guests that we want to have on eventually, and that we're already planning on having on, and pay ourselves for the work that we do. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We think it's a fair thing to want. <laughs> we, it's a bad budget check. We checks think it's out. a fair thing to want. And we hope some of y'all can help us out with that if you have the means. Just support yes. us if you can. It would be much appreciated. Yeah. $3 a $3 month. $3 a month. $3 a month. I know there's many people out there who can do this. And I know probably you have some reservation about clicking on links. I think that mm. that's part of the problem. Links are horrifying. You guys don't want to click on links. No, it's not a virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're actually virusing people. <laughs> yeah, we're Nigerian princes. Yeah, we're computer technology guys. <laughs> Please click the links when you see them. Consider $3 a month. You know, I know many people can do that. It's just $3 a month. Yeah, that'd be dope. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. You're our brothers. All right. So we always kick things off with a little preamble. And of course, this is no different. I understand people like consistency, so I'm keeping it consistent. Let's do it. I have this in parts as usual. The first part being why I'm kind of like talking about this in the first place, why I'm interested in the topic. I've mentioned a few times before on the pod that my dad, like most dads, you know, let's be real, he's not special in this at all. 
He's always been <laughs> really coming for you. I know. <laughs> He's special in like other yeah. ways, but yeah. like not in this way. This is very standard dad shit. Sure. He's always been kind of an action movie head. To this day, he gravitates towards movies where, as he would put it, someone's getting whacked. Sure. He loves to use that. He asks me when I'm going to see a movie if someone's getting whacked in the movie. <laughs> That's the only That's thing the only that you standard. Can Somebody yeah. has to get killed or die. And in that realm, he really loves films with some kind of hero or anti-hero. I've talked about this a little bit before, too. He really loves shit where people are seeking vengeance or street justice for some wrong perpetrated on them or on someone they know. He's a straight white dad <laughs> who grew up in the 1960s and 1970s. I assume they're all like this. Yes, without a doubt. Yeah, I assume they're all like this. This is how all, the, yes. all straight white dads Every are. cishet white dad <laughs> loves action movies. So obviously, I grew up watching these films. It was a lot of Nicolas Cage, Bruce Willis, Steven Seagal, Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold, of course. of course. I don't even have to say his last name. Everybody yeah. knows who the fuck I'm talking about. And Tommy Lee Jones. A lot of shit blowing up, a lot of buildings on fire, <laughs> cars launched in the air, car crashes, shootouts, dramatic monologues. You know who and what I'm talking about. Everybody out there also knows who and what I'm talking about. They got it. So before I like get more into it, did you have these kinds of experiences, brother? Did you? Oh, yeah. Did your dad love these kinds of movies? My dad is exactly the way that you describe, okay. a big time action movie guy. <laughs> I don't think that he would be able to watch a non-action movie, <laughs> at least when we were growing up. It was kind of like he would sit down, look, and then be like, is shit about to blow up? No? All right, I'm going to leave. Just done. He doesn't even no yeah, tolerance for it. Yeah, that's the somebody getting whacked question. Yeah, is somebody yeah. going to get whacked? Somebody nope. All right, no, peace. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Same exact thing. And so I kind of grew up with that that same understanding of needing a lot of explosions and okay. cars yeah. and guns yeah. in a movie for it to keep me interested. Yeah, I think we all kind of had that experience. As a kid, I know that I also gravitated toward things where there was like a lot going on, right? And I think in general, kids, dude, it, it keeps your attention. And I think that's probably why dads like it so much. Yeah, because dads attention are like spans kids. are like two seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> Dads are like kids. Dads are kids. Dads are kids, basically. They're <laughs> giant kids. I mean, we they shouldn't be, but we allow them to be yeah. in our culture and in our society. Flashy shit is very appealing to children. I loved Independence Day and Jurassic Park and Last Action Hero, which came to my mind as I was thinking about stunt acting because it's, you know that's a big Arnold movie, but it was for kids. You yeah. know? It was an Arnold movie for kids. To this day, I still love the Rush Hour series. And as I've said a bunch of times, I think now on this podcast, Men in Black is one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know if this is what people think of when they think of action films, but technically they are. Oh, yeah, right? big time. They're action-packed. And there's <laughs> lots of heroes doing shit, saving people, shit blowing up, people getting hurt, people dying. There's all that stuff happening in these films. And I know you just said you were also... My next question was going to be, were you also fan, a fan of these films? But you just said that you were. You were very drawn to them. Rush Hour, great set uh, of films. Uh, one, interesting, two, three. Interesting to rewatch now. No, yes. Not great to rewatch now. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a lot more sort of moments of quiet and moments in between action in those films than yes. I remember there being. I think that... Action movies now, the, the pace is even accelerated a bit. Mm -hmm. There's even more crazy shit happening mm -hmm. all the time, and everything looks flashy. Well, they're also not funny. They're not funny. 
There they're, was they're always somebody making a little quip. I mean, not all action movies have the quippiness, but there is a definite lack of it now, and there was an abundance of it as we were growing up. I mean, the greatest quip film of all time, Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Every time he murders someone, he has a weird pun. It was so dope. When he throws a pipe through a man's chest and steam is coming out of it because it hits the thing and he goes, let off some steam, Bennett. Like he just murdered a That's guy. That's perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. This is what we need in our society now. Yeah. And this is what we're missing. As I got older and became a tween and then a teenager, like everyone else our age, I started watching a lot of MTV. And on the heels of the Y2K panic, we got the wonderful, terrifying, riveting jackass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the best. Around that time, I also had a friend whose older brother was into The Crow. So then, of course, we heard the tragic story of how Brandon Lee was shot and killed on set because he was doing his own stunts. His life was cut short very early. Yeah. You know, there's that whole mythology that is built around The Crow and just like the making of The Crow films. So it was a mixture of these things that really woke me up and made me realize, wow, people are actually doing this shit to their bodies. These are real things people have to do sometimes. Like that was such a wild and scary revelation to me because I guess, I don't know what, I just didn't put the pieces together before. I didn't think it was that dangerous. Yeah. But then Jackass really showed me how dangerous this kind of stuff can be. Jackass is a weird mixture of like stunt acting and daredevil acting, which daredevil stuff is more of the things that are performed in front of a live audience, like evil can evil type shit. But still you see them do these things with their bodies that are, that is so terrifying. That's very scary. And I couldn't at that time. And still today, I couldn't imagine putting myself through that kind of, pain for the goofs. No, it takes a special kind of human being. Or even just doing it as a job that I was getting paid for, right? I can't imagine that. Like, I don't want to do it. (laughs) I could go on and on about Jackass and just like the worlds it opened up for me in general. This is just one of the worlds that it opened up for me. But, you know, we could probably save that. We should probably just do a Jackass definitely because it's important to both of us. What's important here is the revelation that I had from watching it. I'm sure that you had a similar experience because I know you share my love of Jackass and yep. you have that experience of watching it and being like, whoa, these, <laughs> these guys. They're, I mean, there's a lot of stuff wrapped up into it. Like Jackass open, also opened up worlds of understanding for, about masculinity and about other things for me. But just in terms of like the stunts that they did, how did that make you feel? Like, what did you think about it? Yeah, so there was a moment, a very specific moment, 2002, 2003, yes. where... Every kid who had a video camera, was we were gonna, doing it too. It's like, hey, yep. let's go Put do. Somebody in the shopping you would cart, say, let's do jackass. Yep. yep. That was jackass yep. was part of that the verb it. construction there. Yep. Let us do jackass. Yep. I bet my cousin still probably has some of that footage too. It was horrifying to me because I I didn't want to do this kind of thing, <laughs> but at the same time, you do feel a strange pressure to emulate mm-hmm. these things, mm-hmm. and that was. All parents at the time were like, this is probably bad for kids to watch. <laughs> and they and weren't they wrong. And let us watch yeah, it. Yeah, they were like, oh, shit, this is probably bad. All but right, whatever. see you later. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember kids jumping off of shit, mm-hmm. definitely inflicting unnecessary pain upon your body <laughs> mm-hmm. for the sake of, can we do this? And we weren't getting paid for it. No. That's the worst part. We were just exploring <laughs> the ideas of pain. And we did it. 
It was so stupid. It was very stupid. But and scary. There's something about needing to like jump off of a thing that yes. you knew you weren't yeah. gonna die. Yeah, you weren't gonna die. It's okay. It's just like let's just give it a jump or like build like we were doing sledding. Mm -hmm. So maybe build a jump that was very dangerous for you to go off of in an inner yes. tube. But you're gonna do it because that's kind of the what necessitated Jackass to begin with was like. People have these urges, let's yeah. just do let's them. Let's just do them and try them out, see what happens. I mean, I think kids in general in my life were doing that before Jackass even became a yeah. thing, right? My brother, when we, my little brother, when we were seven, eight years old, so this is, you know, pre-Jackass times, I'm old, everybody, but this is pre-Jackass times, he would take one of those laundry baskets, you know, one of the ones that you carry, and they're kind of shallow. Yeah. He would take one of those rectangular laundry baskets, he would put himself in, and he would launch himself down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> it's, like, it's like his most favorite activity for like a year was to do exactly that. So I think kids are always kind of like testing those boundaries. But yeah, Jackass kind of showed us new ways to test those more dangerous, more daredevil-y, you know, ways to kind of test those boundaries a little bit. What really reignited my interest in stunt performing overall is that running gag in Righteous Gemstones about Gideon Gemstone tra training to be a stunt actor. Yes. And it kind of hit me. As I was watching Righteous Gemstones, especially the first season where they keep talking about how he was like, he like ran away to Hollywood to become mm -hmm. a stunt actor, it kind of hit me that overall, we don't talk about stunt acting or stunt performers anymore like we did in the early 2000s and probably in the 90s as well. I just don't remember those conversations in the 90s, but I remember them happening in the early 2000s. They were in a big way because that was almost a marker of if I believe you're a real action hero. Yes. And the idea do you do of your like, own stunts? Oh, Tom Cruise yeah, Tom does Cruise, his own stunts. Yes, Tom Cruise, legendarily, he does his own stunts for, and still today, he's 60 yeah. years old, doing his own stunts. Like, yeah. that's... Part of the legend, the lore of Tom Cruise yeah. is that he's able to do all these crazy things with his body. Mm -hmm. And that was such a big part of our conversation. It was. And I remember thinking, well, actually, Arnold isn't that much of a badass because right, he's because not doing he his, own really stunts. Do his own stunts. Yes. What a strange yeah. way to think, but also, yeah, <laughs> but Tom Cruise kind of, is pretty fucking but kind of, badass. Yeah, but Tom Cruise is freaking badass. Yeah. Every time I think about Tom Cruise, every time I watch Mission Impossible or even see a clip from Mission Impossible, I'm just amazed. Because he does some crazy shit in those movies that nobody is nobody was doing. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to do. That's why they hire. The, that's why they outsource the work. You yeah, because it's terrifying. It's terrifying work. and dangerous. Yeah, you have to kind of feel. You have to have a confidence that you're gonna land it in the first place, or just you have to not care whether you get injured or live or die. Yeah. You know, and I think both of I think. Whether it's one or the other, both of those things are hard-earned. Yes. You know, like the not caring and the confidence are both hard-earned. So it's kind of amazing that people do these. My question, like, kind of going into this is, what, ha what the hell happened with stunt acting? Like, what's going on? Why don't we talk about it anymore? We'll get to that conversation in a little bit. I just wanted to give a brief, a very, very brief history of stunt acting before we start talking about that, because I think that the history is very interesting. As we've been talking about, stunt acting kind of covers a broad range of things. So it's like anything from fighting and shootouts to car races, car crashes, falling from high places, being dragged by a car or a horse, Ugh. which I guess people probably don't think about as stunt acting, but that yeah. is. And also, of course, the classic 
being blown up by explosives. You know? <laughs> what a classic. That's a classic. So many people getting blown up by explosives. Prior to doing this research, I very erroneous, erroneously connected stunt acting with like cinema only, which I'm sure a lot of people do, but stunt acting has been around since the mid-19th century. Back then, they called stunt actors cascadeers. Oh, what a nice word. Yeah, and they were, yeah, because it's cascading. It's German ah, for like cascading. Okay. They were mostly trained gymnasts and acrobats who worked with circuses and other traveling shows, and they mostly did in-air tricks. So we're talking, you know, like we're talking about like Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. how Robin <laughs> was like a trapeze artist. Yeah, yeah. That was stunt acting back then. It was mostly like trapeze kind of stuff. In the late 19th century, Wild West shows, I kind of talked about this a little bit in the rodeo episode, but it came back up again in the, I guess this is all kind of related, rodeo, stunt acting. It it's kind very of very similar when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. In the late 19th century, Wild West shows and other kinds of vaudeville shows became more popular, and those required different kinds of physical stunts. So that's really where the stunt performer was born. Also, during that time, during the late 19th century and the early 20th century, there was a lot of people who practiced the art of stage combat, which pretty much sounds exactly like what it is. It's when there would be fighting in a play or in some kind of stage performance, the stage combat people would choreograph safe fights with or without weapons. So Mm -hmm. all of this stuff is kind of happening simultaneously, which birthed like the stunt performance. <laughs> yeah, it's like all the kinds of acting that don't require the line speaking. Right. It's like all the other shit in right. there that creates drama without right. dialogue. Right. That's what kind of sounds that's, like. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. As cinema was created in the early 1900s, the role of the stunt performer became more and more important. Three things were going on as the movie industry began to boom, and the sources that I looked at kind of attribute the abundance of stunt actors at that time to these three things. First, in the beginning of film, people were so hyped about it that they were willing to work on the films for free. Really? Yes. I guess that makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. I mean, if somebody invented something new and you could be a part of it, yeah. I, like I would be drawn to it. first person doing that yeah. thing? Yeah, and your name would be credit. Your name would go down in history forever. And I, I, it makes sense to me. It's still ridiculous because then of course Hollywood took advantage of these people who are willing to do it for free. Sure, yeah. And that sucks. But I get why people were drawn to it. Second, the Spanish-American War had just concluded and (laughs) there were a lot of like physically fit, tactically trained young men around to like handle firearms and do stuff like that. Yeah. So they were drawn to being in these roles where they had to, where they didn't have to speak, where they didn't have to act technically. They just had to do these dangerous things. Yeah, those are guys that were just riding around on horses with rifles. And this was like, oh, this is easier than actually being in war. Absolutely. And just speaking about riding around on horses, at that time in the early 1900s, the Wild West had pretty much not been wild. It's not wild anymore. Unwilded. It's unwilded. It's been tamed, right? So there's a lot of people who were doing dangerous jobs in the Wild West who now were out of work. They didn't have the they didn't have the same opportunities out there. So a lot of people who became cowboys because they believe in some manifest destiny type bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> they now needed work. So they were also drawn to these kinds of roles. And 
the people who worked on those Wild Wild West shows, because the Wild Wild West shows were becoming less popular as well, those people needed work too. So it's a lot of people who were trained in like cowboy type work and dangerous cowboy type work who, who were looking for jobs and, and they were drawn to Hollywood, obviously. And they needed, and it worked because Hollywood was looking for these people, right? They really wanted these type of people to do, to do these dangerous things. Most films that were made at the time, like at the, at the beginning of the film industry in general, featured like funny car wrecks and high dives and pitfalls and a lot of other kinds of stunts. So as a result, then many comedians and trained circus performers think of like Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. They became the first tried and true accepted stuntmen in the business. Yeah, when you think about it, the silent film era, it would only be physical actors. You didn't have there was no talking. Yeah, you didn't have to talk. You didn't have to worry about anything except for your physicality. Yeah, so you like jumping off of shit, doing goofs. Right. Yeah. Crashing cars. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you were doing. Huh. Yeah, so they were like the first tried and true stuntmen. To this day, their stunts and physical comedy are held up as like beacons and models for people doing this kind of work. You know, they, they're... St- they're still very revered in this. Obviously, there wasn't a lot of effects available to these people during this time, so stunt acting was even more dangerous than it is now. People were constantly getting hurt, people died on the job, and people are still dying on the job now. We just, that just happened. Yeah, Yeah, that just happened. And studios didn't make a lot of attempts to make this better, because they don't. Care. Yeah, they're just making money. Well, yeah, these people were disposable to them. Yeah, probably before a union. Yeah, this so, is like, way before unions. Yeah. yeah, they didn't give a shit. I'm gonna fast forward a little bit to the later 20th century because that's really where our connection is. By the 1960s, stunt technology greatly improved with the help of many stunt actors who tried to make the industry better and safer for everyone who joined it. So, we have stunt actors kind of taking the initiative in making and trying to make the industry better for themselves and for the people who would come after them. They developed things like bullet squibs. They didn't have bullet squibs. So were they doing? Before the 60s. They were just fucking... They were just firing off the gun (laughs) and like making it work, you know? Wow. They developed bullet squibs, airbags, air rams, decelerators, and dragline cables, along with a plethora of protective gear that helped prevent industry and death during stunt performances. And this gave birth to the modern action movie era. The reason why we were able to have that action movie era in the first place is because of stunt people looking for ways to protect themselves. Yeah, because then you can ratchet up the the stunt. Right. Then you can make it more yeah, wild. Yeah, you can make it more. You can make it wilder. You can, you can have people doing things that you couldn't have them do before. You know, especially with the creation of like these dragline things or the the cables that would hold them up or like take rip them quickly yeah. from quickly and safely from places. That was. Oh, you know, that was revelatory for the industry. That opened up a lot of doors for them. And when I talk about the modern action movie era, I mean the one that it felt like we were kind of living in from the 60s to, I don't know, 2015? Sure. I don't, I don't know if that's accurate, but it feels accurate. I believe in 2015 feels right for the cutoff. Yeah. Because of what we're going to talk about in a, in a minute. I also want to just mention, because I feel like I would be remiss not to mention it, the importance of Hong Kong action cinema, which really was, which, you know, there are people, there are a lot of people involved in this. Obviously, there's also huge kung fu movie industry in the United States. Everybody loves Bruce Lee. But the Hong Kong action cinema 
of like the 80s really influenced a lot of films from the 80s to you know the early 2000s and the person who brought that to prominence was Jackie Chan uh. obviously i of course like i have to throw, i had to throw this in there because i'm a huge fan of Jackie Chan's work i love his films obviously i also love <laughs> rush hour <laughs> but i love his other films too and people talk about Jackie Chan and what i've noticed in the in the sources and in like the videos that i watch prior to doing this episode People talk about him with the same reverence that they talk about Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. They take his work very seriously. He's very important. And like I said, the work and the type of stunt work that he did in those films, that level of stunt acting, he brought it to the United States and like taught people how to do it. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's true artistry if you watch what he does. It really is. The it's way like dancing. that he moves. Yeah, like yeah. so much like dancing. He puts so much humor and grace and uh, like absurdity too yes. in the way that he choreographs he's very fights. funny he's hilarious he's very very funny and i think people i think i don't think that people miss the humor but i do think that it happens so fast that sometimes people can miss it but he's very funny in the way when he like gets up and he like makes a little face yeah or he does like a brush off or something he's he has there's there is definitely an artistry there and he takes it very seriously and i, I really appreciate that about him the other thing that I love about Jackie Chan is obviously he helped kind of bolster the career of Michelle Yeoh, who I love. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Yes, Madam, Police Story 3. And a lot of people are talking about Michelle Yeoh now because of everything, everywhere, all at once. And the two of them working together, too, is just like magic. You know, seeing them in films together is magical. I, it, I can't explain it. There's just a chemistry between them. And also, like you said, there's such artistry to what they can do with their bodies that you don't see that everywhere. Yeah, we know? discount it as being important to acting. At least probably everyday people don't really think about that. But right. clearly within acting, the way that you hold your body and the way that you present your body changes so much about a character and the way that Absolutely. an audience interprets who you are. And that's what stunt acting is, I guess. Like it's giving you all of that physical rush that we associate with cool stunts and right and it's fighting and you can tell too i think in the best movies you can't tell when a stunt performer is doing the work in the best movies the stunt performer and the actor are working together to create a character and they emulate each other that makes That's, it cooler when you yes, think about it absolutely because that makes the character more of a character it does because it means that that character is transcendent of the actual person who's embodying right. that character. Right. They're, yeah, they're, it's beyond them. That's right? cool. And I think that's very cool. People see action films as just, like, bullshit. You know? They see it as frivolous. They see it as not exciting. But there is an artistry in that relationship that doesn't really exist anywhere else in art. That was a very, like I said, very brief history. There's a lot more to explore there. So if... If y'all want to go and explore that, we have limited time, unfortunately, to yeah. give you this conversation. But that brief history kind of leads us, and what we were just talking about in regards to these relationships between people, kind of brings us into what I ultimately wanted to talk about. I want to start with this question first. So we were talking before about how, as a society, we discuss, we discussed stunt, stunt acting a lot more. What do you remember about it, aside from, like, Tom Cruise? I remember revering that kind of thing. I don't really seek it out. I wasn't like, oh, this is the part where there's the stuntman yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I knew that it was a profession, 
And I knew that that was a badass and cool profession to have. I didn't think beyond what it probably took. I just know that as a person who is terrified of heights, <laughs> that that was not a job that I ever wanted or cared about like having, but that's a badass thing. When you would watch films with your boys. <laughs> Hanging out with my boys. <laughs> when you would watch films that had a lot of action or that had a lot of dangerous scenes in them, would you guys like discuss the violence or the action that was occurring in those films? Yeah, I mean, I think you discuss it at sort of the, the visceral level of like yeah. watching violence, yes. which is something that we are drawn to for whatever <laughs> reason. I don't know if we were thinking too much about the mechanics of what it takes to bring that violence mm -hmm. to screen. It was just like, whoa, that's fucked up. Whoa, that guy got iced. <laughs> like, you know, pretty basic stuff. But that's what you wanted. You don't want to yeah. like, think about it as... Well, it's too, it's too scary to think about it. Like actually getting iced? Yeah, no. You want, and I think that's also part of the coolness of the, that time period of action films is it wasn't trying to be realistic. No. Like the fact that in Commando he does a quip after every time he kills someone, you're not worried about this. You mean you this. don't think that every time people kill somebody else... <laughs> they do a goof. They do a goof? If they did, it would be awful. <laughs> And I'm sure it happens, and I'm sure it's like the most fucked up thing. It's like, you just killed a person. But in a movie, it's a goof, in a movie, and you're like, rocks. okay. In a movie, we're like, yes. Yeah. Like, in Rush Hour, I was never for a moment considering the reality of the situation. Because oh, yeah. there was a degree of separation between what, I guess, the reality of Rush Hour would look like and yeah. what we saw. Yeah. So... I liked not being too realistic. Movies don't have to be fucking real. No, all the they time. don't. They Especially don't. Especially violence in movies. I don't want that violence to be they realistic. Don't. They don't. And, but and the thing that is amazing is that when we had, when we talked about Tom, the Tom Cruises and the people who did their own stunt acting, when we had those conversations, we were still even though. We knew that people were not doing those things regularly. We knew people were not being blown up by bombs regularly or jumping out of helicopters in a way that is not protected yeah. <laughs> uh, regularly. We knew that that was not happening, but when we talked about it, it was when we talked about stunt acting and we did, I feel like we did talk about, like, I, like we said before, we did talk about these people doing their own stunts a lot and we talked about just the physicality it takes to do these thing, these kinds of things. When we talked about it, yeah, we weren't talking about it in a way of, wow, that looked really real. Yeah. No, Which it is, was accepted, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just accepted. Like, people are, this is just a movie and it's fun and it's all good. Man, something that really pisses me off about <laughs> watching films when I watch films in class is the, that that's not real, that's yes. so fake. Yeah. And I'm sure we did yes. it too, but as an adult, I'm like, shut the fuck up. No, I have to have conversations, <laughs> I have to have conversations all the time, not just with people, not just with the kids that we teach, but also with people our age, where I'm like, just suspend your disbelief. Yeah. When someone says it You're, looks so fake, I'm like, yeah, cause yeah, it's, it's fake, fake. <laughs> it's, it's not fine. real. It's fine. I gotta tell you, Macbeth, <laughs> is not a real guy right now. This is not, like, just a window. <laughs> this is a film based on an old but it's play. Good. But it's good. At least some kids are, are are talking about it because, to me, the conversation about stunt acting or what I've seen about people just talking about things on screen, it's kind of stalled. And I think that 
that conversation has stopped because it's related to a bigger thing happening in film. I know where you're going. In general, you know exactly where I'm going. I think that this conversation is worth having here. You can stop me if it's not, but I think it is. Obviously, a lot of what stunt actors do is very dangerous. So I understand, and it makes sense to me, that people try to find different ways of making stunts happen that are like way less demanding on people's bodies. I get that. However, it seems like now CGI is replacing every goddamn exactly. thing. Exactly, brother. Every I knew you were going there. Fucking this thing is the practical is effects podcast. This is the practical effects podcast. I don't want to like. I don't want to sound like one of those old people who's like, Mar- the Marvel comic universe is fucking everything up. But they up. do fucking suck. I'm not Martin Scorsese. I don't have the qualifications to say that kind of shit. But they are fucking shit up. They are. Are they not? They are. Not because they're, I'm not here to criticize. I'm not talking, I'm not going to like make a grand statement about how bad the MCU is because I just don't think that that's important. I don't like them that much and that that's where the conversation will stay on that. But they've become the standard and so now everything is fucked up. And everything in film is fucked up just in, from top to bottom, but especially stunt acting is fucked up. In fact, many people and like many things that I read and watched in preparation for this episode, many people are afraid that stunt acting is going to go away entirely because CGI is going to become cheaper and cheaper to do. And it's already, there's already some questions about the, the way that CGI is paid for because those are non-union workers. They don't have to be paid any particular salary, et cetera, et cetera. So they're worried that CGI is going to become cheaper and cheaper than it already is. And their jobs are going to be replaced entirely in the art of stunt acting, with the exception of, like, stage combat, because I'm sure we're still going to have stage plays. The art of stunt acting is just going to go away. And like I said, this is related to something bigger that's happening in film, where these films are just, like, taking everything, taking over everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, first of all, incredibly boring. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. there is an important aspect of art... Mm-hmm. That requires human connection. Yes, it does. Sure, you can say, oh, well, humans designed the <laughs> CGI that we eventually saw. Yeah, sure, who gives a shit? It's the same thing as when you read about the progress that artificial intelligence is making mm-hmm. and how artificial intelligence will very soon be able to write novels <laughs> and you will not tell the difference. Why would you want to yeah. read the robot novel? Also, though, you will be able to tell the difference. You absolutely will. I mean, when it comes to CGI and films, you can, you tell, can tell the, the difference. difference. There's a quality of fakeness that I will not accept <laughs> in a movie that it's so much better with real people. Same thing with any art. I want that human connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stunting is dangerous. However, that danger is... Uh, mitigated to some degree it has been accepted by the person doing it and that's an art everything every bit of art is dangerous to some degree depends on what kind of danger we're talking about but good art is dangerous stunt art is dangerous so like fuck the cgi it it makes it way more enjoyable the cgi the problem with cgi and this is the same problem with that happens with cgi effects instead of practical effects So people who are familiar with practical effects already know what I'm about to say, but the problem with CGI is that it just reflects where computers are at this moment. Mm -hmm. So if you watch something from the 90s that has CGI, for example, it looks 
like trash. <laughs> we fucking and loved it. And sometimes, though. no, I loved it, <laughs> yeah, and I still do. Scary. And sometimes I, you know, but technically, if you're looking at it, if you're just rating the quality of it, it's trash. I still love all those films. I love the effects because uh, it has a nostalgic quality for me. But it is not the same as having practical effects. When you watch something like The Thing and the special effects that they use are all, it's all practical effects in The Thing, it is still horrifying. Mm -hmm. It's still so scary. It's much more scary because there's a, a disgusting quality right, that like CGI a, cannot create. I can't ins- describe it, but I think of it when I think of the word, like, squinchy. There's, yeah. like, a squinchy yeah. quality to yeah. practical effects. There's something visceral about yes. it that CGI will never replicate. And CGI people, as good as CGI has gotten, they still look really fucked. Yeah. Their faces look weird. They it, it just doesn't look like a person. No. And I'm not drawn to it in any way. But the bigger thing about... CGI and like these movies and and just like the Marvel co- and the MCU in general, the bigger thing about it is that when was the last time an action movie, just a straight up action movie, not something that's connected to the MCU, was released before like this new Jake Gyllenhaal movie that just came out? Oh, that one looks interesting. Yeah. The the movie Nobody. Have you seen it? No. With uh, Odenkirk, Bob Odenkirk. That is a great oh, example okay, yes. of a film that is... I've never seen it, but... Practical effects. Very realistic kinds of action. Mm-hmm. I mean, not totally realistic. It's a film. But, like, <laughs> that movie was fantastic because it was just an action movie with a guy icing people. Right. Like, that's what we want. Right. But if we, if we looked up the, the, take, the takeaway and the theatrical release... Was that movie even released in the theaters? Maybe. It was COVID times. Okay. It was COVID times. Okay. So, not, like, thinking outside of COVID times, not letting that bar us, that's the the only thing that you can think of Mm -hmm. in the last few years. If we're talking about, yeah, like that classic action movie guy with a gun sort of shit. And it, and it's, it was probably released on streaming because that's what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. They just released, when was the last time we had, like, a summer blockbuster that wasn't MCU? Yeah. Something with The Rock, probably. <laughs> even his films don't even match up against yeah. MCU, though. Yeah. So you have things like Fast and the Fast and the Furious franchise, which are, right? Yes, which are very popular. But they're also CGI to a great degree. Right? I have not seen them. So ah, well. Famously, I've never seen the famously. famously that I've is never world seen the famous. Furious. Everyone who knows me who's listening to this knows that I have like no experience with Fast and the Furious <laughs> whatsoever. I should. I've been meaning to watch them for like years, and I just the franchise keeps getting bigger, and I keep getting overwhelmed by it. I recently watched the newest one, mm-hmm. and you know they're like, I think the issue. A broader issue is like, who are these made for? <laughs> They're made for international markets to some great degree. They're Same made for, for sort of like yeah. lowest common, den- like not interesting. They're yes. made to be uninteresting. They're they're made so that they don't really have a soul like the MCU. Sorry, y'all. I know it like really offends a lot of people, but like they're soulless. They're Sorry, soulless. Sorry, your anti-communist heroes <laughs> have no soul. They have no soul. It's and true. the Fast and Furious has no soul. 
Okay. It has absurdity. It has big effects, but those big effects are more and more CGI. I feel like we're gonna get some hate on this because people love Fast and the Furious. Hey, I mean, I'm not against. I'm not anti yeah. Fast and Furious. But what you're saying is that Fast and the Furious also employs this type of CGI now. Which they do. They probably in the first few films they probably didn't. No, not to the degree now. The the degree that it is now is you have that. I don't even know how to describe the effect, but like a car that looks very real. Maybe it's even I don't know photo generated or whatever. But mm-hmm. the position that it's in is computer generated okay so it's not like a guy is actually flying a car yeah. off of you know yeah which is interesting i like to see them flying the car the real cars off the yeah. cliffs hey i mean i know it's done yeah it's done by people and they do it all the time yeah and i i'm having trouble i think i find that when you're looking at just the prices of these things or when you're looking at the costs of these things cgi is not like a cheaper option technically right now mm-hmm Actually, the stunt acting would be cheaper than CGI currently. So it's weird to... I guess it's just that they don't want to employ that type of... They don't want to have that type of liability. Sure. Is what I think yeah, is, possible, is possible. But then it's like, why do some people care and some people don't care? There's no consistency in the industry. And I can see why... When we're talking about like the future of stunt acting, I can see why stunt actors are so concerned because that consistency, there's that consistency just isn't there, and they don't know where they're gonna be or what they're gonna do. Currently in the, in the industry, the big stars in the industry right now, they're not like Tom Cruise. So all these people employ stunt performers. Mm-hmm. So what's gonna happen to their position when CGI takes over everything? Which it feels like that's the push is that CGI is gonna take over everything. Yeah. Maybe I'm just like being alarmist, and I could totally be. This is not an important thing to be alarmist about. <laughs> However, what concerns me is that we're losing, again, like you said, AI writing novels. We're losing that human, that really human touch to the big arts and the arts that people are most engaged in and the arts that people have the most access to. Because yeah. movies are way cheaper than going to the play to a play. Yeah. Movies are, for some people, more interesting than going to a museum. And some cities don't even have museums. Movies are things that people can access pretty immediately. So what happens when those things lose that human touch? That is what's kind of alarming to me. Yeah, I think the larger problem that I see is sort of the watered-down nature of so much mm-hmm. media. Like, they people have more options than ever, but the majority of those options are garbage. Yes. They're just watered down yeah. like they Netflix rented out a <laughs> thing and they made it in a weekend. Like yes. you can tell, yeah. you can tell this shit. There are really great small independent films. Yes, but these of course. I hear this on the, a lot of the movie podcasts that I listen to is these sort of middle budget movies that are not they Marvel and they're the not independent. Anymore. Yeah. It's the it's movies gone. that were the bread and butter yeah. of our growing up. It's gone. They're all gone. You will never see a movie like Armageddon in the theater right now. No. It's no, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Not that I like, want to see Armageddon again. <laughs> I just <laughs> Sorry to all the Armageddon song. heads out there. <laughs> we love Armageddon. <laughs> I remember the summer of seeing Armageddon yep. so viscerally. And you're, that just doesn't, that's not happening now. Yeah, a lot of shit is booty ass right now. <laughs> it's the thing, right? We have options do not make the world better. No, they don't. They don't necessarily make the world worse, but they don't make the world better. And oftentimes they do make it worse. <laughs> they do make it worse, yeah. Like, this many options for watching shit, if most of the shit sucks and you're never going to see it, then why does the shit why exist? Why does it exist? 
Yeah, and where do they keep getting the money to make this shit? I the Netflix raised the uh, subscription I know, amount. But I guess. Even aside I from that, because they're pumping out content, I, they must be underpaying people because they're pumping out content like it's yeah. nothing. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of it does suck. A lot Most of, of it sucks. Most of it sucks. <laughs> and like the mid-grade movies that would end up in the theater, then just like end up amongst all this other content that sucks. And how are we supposed to know? Mm. that this would actually be enjoyable because now we have to like sift through all the bullshit yeah. you gotta to get spend to the, most of your time yeah. watching shit to get to the mid-grade thing yeah. that would be so enjoyable like just like junk food for your brain yes but in a good way not in a bad way where you're just like settling on something because you need to like watch something while you're watching dinner or whatever yeah yeah, you want something with heart while you're watching dinner like when you're watching eating dinner, dinner. You know, I just like to dinner. make a plate and just look at it <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Watch something while you're eating dinner is what I meant. <laughs> yeah, you want something with heart that is hard to find because so much garbage is just pumped out. And this is society more broadly. Yes. We have more choices than ever about what to do with our time. And as a result, we waste most of our time. Yeah, and it's a bummer. It's a big time bummer. How to Do Nothing is a great book it's that great talks book. about this. Yes, it's a great book. Jenny has Odell, nothing we love to her. do with stuntmen at all. <laughs> but like, what do we what do we do with our time? And uh, I don't know what the fucking time is. Just to feels, yeah, it just feels. It just feels. I have to say, it just feels really unfair because we're missing out on a lot. I, you know, uh, we went to go see. We went to go see the Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum vehicle, The Lost City, mm-hmm. and that actually was released in theaters. Don't get me wrong. It's like a solid two and a half, three stars out of five. Nice. It's not a movie that's going to change your life. But I had so much fun being in the theater watching that movie because it was just funny. There was action. You could tell it wasn't like a ton of... There was some CGI for stuff, but also these actors are doing their own stunts. You could see that Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, for example, and Brad Pitt were doing their own stunts for this. There's like... A feeling that you get watching that type of movie with a communal that like with a community of people who are also watching that movie, we can talk about what it feels like to be in the theater all day long. Yeah. Like that's just a that's just an, an incredible feeling, and I think those of us who like really grew up going to the movies feel that feeling still. There's just something that you feel when you're watching those mid-grade movies with like a bunch of people. Everybody's laughing at the same jokes. You're kind of all worried about the same things happening. That experience shouldn't be replaced just because, you know, we need to send these movies overseas and make money. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like, if it's not going to make a billion dollars in China, then, like, what's the point, yeah, I guess? Yeah, and it sucks. Uh, it, it does suck. And, it's, and I think that it's, it's drawing a lot of people away. It's actually drawing a lot of people away from the movies. Mm-hmm. It's not streaming, in my opinion. It's a lack of... Actually having options that are not just all the way indie, which, like, don't get me wrong, obviously we enjoy indie films, but, like, all the way indie or MCU. Yeah. There's nothing in the middle. <laughs> That's the only Who's two going, options like, you have. Like, what dad <laughs> is taking their kids, like, what are you taking your kids yeah. to see? Like, I'm going to go see Pig. On a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? That, that, it just doesn't exist. So... That, I think that that's like the the issue really that I'm trying to get at yeah. here, and we have to go unfortunately. Oh my gosh, what but, a bunch of garbage! Yeah, it's a bunch of garbage. We love doing this job. Uh, all right, <laughs> well, I'm Brendan Walsh. So get on that Patreon. Please get on that Patreon and support us. I'm Steph Rubino. Thank uh, you all for listening. I hope you go out and watch your favorite 
90s action film this evening. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) 